Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is a new home. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily home, with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. There is a downside of recording these podcasts normally a day in advance, and that is because I don't exactly know if what I'm about to say is entirely going to be true when you listen to this. So instead of doing what I did last time, where I pretended like it was a done deal when I was recording it because I expected it to be a done deal by the time that you listened to it, I'm going to tell you exactly the state of things. And note that this podcast recorded was recorded about 24 hours before you're listening to it, probably, if you're listening to it on Tuesday. And you may say to yourself, why do you record these in advance? And the answer is because it takes forever for the videos to render because they're about 15 minutes long and they're 4K and my poor little computer tries to melt itself every time I render them. So I have to do them in advance, otherwise they aren't ready to go on the day of. So I'll tell you about last week. Last week, Wednesday, I realized that my plan, which was hopefully going to be leasing from the people we were going to try to buy the building from, and I was going to send them the offer to let them know that that was what I was interested in. But I realized by Wednesday that probably wasn't going to happen. We'd sent them the letter at that point almost an entire week prior. Hadn't heard a response. I began to briefly, for a very short period of time, panic because I didn't think I I was at that point very lost for options. And then I reached out to a different realtor, uh, someone who'd been recommended to me. And I'd asked them to get me more information on some of the local properties. They were excellent. They sent me 70 different pages or 70 pages of of listings. Not all of them were within our, you know, parameters. Not all of them were exactly what we were looking for, but there was a lot of options to look through. So I reached out to them and I said, these two options are the ones that I think I'm the most interested in seeing. Both of them were not great options. At least that's kind of what my anticipation was from reading them. However, they both were well within our price range, and that was a good start. This person uh, eventually, I mean, by eventually, I mean within an hour, had organized. um, Actually, so that's really quickly, I should say. Very quickly, not eventually, very quickly, he was able to organize two showings, 6 p.m. and at 7 p.m. for those particular locations. We went and we looked at those places with him. Unfortunately, Merrill, my production manager, was out sick. And so I took Anna, our AD, and she came and took photos and took notes. And it was good to have someone to bounce ideas off of. And so we looked. Now, the property we first looked at was an old diner that was just down the road from my house, actually. So it's very close. It would be a three-minute drive. And it is on Highway 33. And it's an interesting old building. It's built in 1956. It's 
2,500-ish square feet, so it's a lot smaller than we originally looked at. It's about half of what we wanted to buy initially. The building itself needs some work. There's a little bit of foundational issues, things we can solve, but things that exist. And the building itself has one very noticeable problem. The ceilings are exceptionally short. It feels very oppressive being in the building because it's just the ceilings are so short. They're drop ceilings, and I, when I looked above them, there was a layer that was almost immediately above them of insulation. So I don't know if there's anything, if there's any real way to make the ceiling any taller. I only looked for a little while, and maybe when I go back, I'll, I'll do a little more details for that. But we looked at the building. It's got all of the old equipment. It's actually owned by the bank in, in a foreclosure, and they're trying to sell it. It is very reasonably priced for us. Would not be a good forever home, but would be better than being out on the street in September. And it's large enough that it would be able to support some growth, a decent amount of growth, perhaps even, depending on how organized we get. We would be able to fit all of our equipment in there. We'd be able to fit quite a bit of storage. And ironically, because of the shape of the building, which is very weird, it's a very awkward shape. But because of that shape, it might work out relatively well for our process. It's a long, narrow building, which means that we could have raw materials enter at one end of the building and have it go through the stages of process in kind of sequence and then have it end on the other end of the building. And I don't hate that. One of the downsides, and this is both the downside and an upside, and I'll tell you more about the upside, is that there's a lot of equipment in the building that exists. Now, that is a downside and that we would potentially have to um, remove some of the equipment, perhaps, to fit our stuff in the way we'd want to. However, the advantage is that the equipment is valuable. So we'll be able to sell that equipment, um, which will be good. Either that or we'll be able to use it. Um, there's still that option, too. I mean, it was an old diner. That being said, we, we toured this building. We saw this building. I took notes. It has some real things going for it. One of the key things that's going for it is that uh, it has power and water and air conditioning and heat and all of those things are hooked up and ready to go, which is nice. So that's one of the first buildings I've seen in the area that has that and I'm shocked at how many buildings don't. So there's that. It is ADA compliant. It's got two unisex bathrooms. It's got a large uh, parking lot. It's got good access to the interstate. It's connected directly to the highway, the local highway. It has three entrances and exits to the parking lot. So if you were to pull a semi-truck in there or any other type of truck, it, well, you wouldn't have to back up at all to get out of the building. You could go out one of the other two exits. All in all, it's zoned as far as I'm concerned and as far as I'm aware, very broadly for business. So we wouldn't have to necessarily worry about too much zoning issues. And the building's been empty for two years. So it's directly across the street from the Welcome to Horicon sign. And I'm hoping and pretty confident that the local community leaders will be very inclined to approve our occupancy, considering it's going to look good for the town. This building is kind of a bit of an eyesore for the, build, for the town. I don't exactly know if we would truly set it up with, as a retail space. It's got a decent enough positioning that it could potentially work as a retail space. What we might end up doing, and this is probably a good hybrid option for us, is we would make it so that there's a front showroom area 
where individuals could come in and look at all of our product line. They could compare, they could take a look, they could see, we'd have examples. And then once they selected something they liked, they could then come back to the production area where we would then make it in front of them as we would, you know, we'd walk them through, the, we'd make it quite literally for them. I think that would be a good solution, a good option for us. It would provide us with non-retail problem. It would, it would solve the problems that retail often comes with, which is that you have to staff it at odd hours. It, it's, you have to have a lot of inventory sitting on the shelf. There's, it solves a lot of those issues. And at the same time, provides a potential opportunity for us to bring in even larger investors or not investors, but larger customers who might purchase larger quantities and would be interested in seeing a couple of variations on the product perhaps beforehand. It has the other added advantage that this position being five minutes, not even five minutes from my house, means that it's also within 20 minutes and 15 minutes of Beaver Dam and Pond, so where all of our employees are currently living. It's also about 10 minutes from Mayville. So we would be able to draw from the labor pool in Horicon, in Iron Ridge, in Juneau, in Mayville, in Waupon, and in Beaver Dam, technically Burnett as well, uh, without any of those people having driving more than normally 20 minutes and at very, very most 30 minutes. So that gives us a lot of options. We then went and left that location to go see the other location. Now, rather than being a 2,500 square foot building that was uh, built in 1956 as a diner, this was a building built in 1914 It was 33,000 square feet. Now, you may say, why in the world did you go look at that building? And the answer is because it was relatively cheap. It's actually quite cheap. The building itself is quite cheap. However, I realized as we were touring this three-story massive monstrosity that it, uh, the reason why it's so cheap is because you're going to have to put a million dollars of work into it. And it broke my heart touring it because it was such a cool building. It was so cool. It was clear, like, turn-of-the-century you know, artistic masonry. It's right next to the railroad tracks. You could tell it was, a, it was a, a construction area. It was a building area. They did a lot of manufacturing there. It has these big, beautiful open warehouses that have massively tall ceilings, 20-foot ceilings. And the building is split in kind of half, right? So there's one part of the building that's a square. And that square is three stories tall with each, each area being almost, I think, probably 14-foot clear ceilings in all three stories. And there's an old turn-of-the-century elevator that is in dire need of repair in that three stories areas. It's all a wood building. It was built on wood, and it's in really good shape. There's these exquisite exposed 12-by-12-inch 12 12 column, wood columns and wood beams that go throughout the whole building. When you get up to the top story, uh, it's just, the ceilings just soar above you. That's one part of the building. That's a big square. And then there's an adjacent rectangle that's attached to the building. And that adjacent rectangle is two stories tall, and it's warehouse. And it was clearly one, you know, one long rectangular floor warehouse, and then another warehouse floor above it. It's such a cool building. It's got so much history. And if it was, if I had a million dollars to spend to renovate it and fix it up, it would be an amazing multi-tenant startup location, right? It's just, it's cool. The building is cool. And if it was restored back to its kind of former glory with a little bit of modern renovation, uh, put in a modern elevator, I could see that, you know, the, the rectangle warehouse could be the coolest 
restaurant you'd ever seen and the three-story adjacent you know attached building could be the um, a th- clearly could be very large three tenant uh office spaces and it's right in the heart of downtown it's a very cool building it's not in the heart of downtown beaver dam but it's near it but we couldn't possibly afford it and it would be the most expensive mistake i'd ever make in my life so we're not doing that at the current moment at the present we have put in an offer on the first building we saw there's a couple of interesting things about the, the offer. We waived the financing contingency because we actually have enough money on our line of credit that if we needed to, we could pay for the entire thing out of the line of credit and then, as, and then wait for the mortgage to clear, right? So from a timing perspective, the mortgage process can be the one of the financing part of it can be one of the longest and most expensive parts of the process, right? So by waiving that contingency, we can speed up the process. Because right now we're at about 30 days. We have to get everything closed out in 30 days and we have to move. And so we've waived that. We have an inspection contingency. We don't have an, we do not need an appraisal contingency from the bank, which is great. Uh, we are waiving functionally basically every other contingency except for uh, we have to have the occupancy contingency, right? We have to be able to get the company approved to be in the building. That's a clear, obvious problem that we have to solve. And we did invite, or we did require, I should say, that the bank provide us with a survey that was dated post 1910, right? So, and we, we asked them, they have to attest that there is no prevailing evidence that would show that it's in any way, shape or form changed, right? So we have to have lot lines because we need to know where our property actually is that we're buying. All of the deal is contingent upon us basically closing everything in 30 days. None of the contingencies go further than 30 days. And we specifically put closing at about 30 days from now. And we also added as a condition of the sale that we would be able to occupy the building September 8th, regardless of if we'd closed. Now, currently closing is listed as September 8th, right? So the bank shouldn't have a problem with that because functionally speaking, at that point, if the title, get, if the title closing process, which is the only other major problem is getting the title signed, if the title process is a little bit slow, takes a couple of days, it gets delayed by any reason, right? We're still going to buy it, right? Particularly if we've moved all of our stuff into the building. We're not going to back out at that point. So I'm hopeful. I'll keep you guys updated. I'll let you guys know if we actually get this building. And uh, we'll go from there. I am, this is, I, as I was joking with our new, really, this is like plan J. I, we're like, we're so fa- far past our plan A and B and C. To make matters worse, we're going to add a little spice to this decision. The day that we were working on writing up the offer to purchase last week, I get a text back from my other realtor, the other broker who had been working on negotiating the lease with the other sellers, had put in the the letter of intent. And he had received a response from the seller's agent saying, I'm going to present this letter to the sellers today. So as we're working up our offer to purchase, a week after sending them that letter, the seller's realtor finally, a week later, is going to be showing the off, our offer to those sellers. I can't believe it took them that long. But moral of the story, there may come an opportunity in the future where they come back to us and say that we're all for it and then we have to back out. Now, it's a letter of intent. There's no legal binding precedent there, but it's... This has just been bungled by the seller's agents 
on that building since the very beginning. It's been bungled by that seller from the very beginning. This whole process is because of their fault. Like this is, but there's no use being upset about it anymore. It doesn't gain any, anything for it. And frankly, when it comes down to it, I think we've got an option. This building, it'll be a great option for us for the next three years. It'll allow us to grow, allow us to get our, our, you know, our, our process squared away. And it'll give us the time we need to really figure out what our growth trajectory looks like. And then we can build a building. We'll have the building as an asset that we can borrow against. And we can build something that's properly sized and oriented for our needs, which will be nice. So, all in all, I am positive on this whole process. And I'm excited. We'll see what happens. All right, folks, thanks for checking in today. Be sure to check back in on Thursday for our next topic. Don't forget to check that subscribe button as well as the notification bell to get notified when we launch new podcasts. We normally do podcasts Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, if you have any questions about your, or concerns about your leather binder, journal, folio, accessory, anything else we sell, feel free to contact us on the main page for our website at murdycreative.co. You can also contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible, but we appreciate your patience. If you want to give us a phone call, it's 414-434-9001. We're available from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, uh, except for national holidays. So uh, feel free to give us a call or text at 414-434-9001. If you deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. Both a review on the podcast app, whatever you're listening on, but also a review on the product. If you want to go to the murdycreative.co website, you go to murdycreative.co slash reviews. You can read all of our amazing five-star reviews there. We love them. We read every one of them. Makes our day. If you want to leave a good review, you can go click on the leave a good review. It'll take you to facebook.com slash murdycreative.co slash reviews. And it'll ask you, do you recommend the Murdy Creative Co. Company? You click yes. You can write all of your wonderful things about the product. It means the world to us. We love them. If for whatever reason you'd leave a bad review, there's another button there that'll get you directly in contact with us. Please give us an opportunity to make things right. It means the world to me that we are able to take good care of our customers, and I want everyone to have a good experience with the company. We will do anything we can, up to and including replacing, refunding, recrafting, anything we can to make things right. So please give us an opportunity to do so before you leave us a bad review. We always want to uh, definitely have you guys share us. So word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you love and know, tell your enemies. If you go to murdycreative.co in the bottom left-hand corner, there's a rewards button. If you're logged in, when you make a purchase, you get 5% back. It's in-store credit that you can use on anything. But there's also a shareable link in that same box. That link, when you share it with your friends and family, gives them $5 off their first purchase, and it gives you $5 of in-store credit once they make that purchase. So share with your friends and family. Put a link in your bio. Helps us, helps them, helps you. So. Definitely check that out. If any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always happy to discuss pretty much anything that's going on in the company, and I'm always looking for topics. So leave it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube, or send us an email. We'll be happy to read. I'll be happy to talk about them. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, uh, we do have bulk discounts written into the, the back end of our website. So all you need to do is add whatever quantity you want of whatever item you want. You can mix and match to your heart's desire, and the cart will automatically create the bulk discount for the appropriate quantity. It's great if you know the specific quantity you want. If, however, you're not exactly sure on the quantity and you just want to get the most out of the discounts, feel free to send us an email, S-A-L-E-S, sales at murdycreative.co, and ask about the bulk discount program. We can go through all the details of it. We can help you find that right quantity at that right price for you. If you're looking for a custom engraved item, we do custom engravings. We have no minimum order quantity and no setup fees. It's a flat fee, normally $15. Uh, and we, it does go up a little bit depending on how size and complexity, but it's rare. Uh, and that $15 per item is 
before discount. So if you're going to get a whole bunch of them, you absolutely can get a discount off that $15. It can actually come down quite a bit. So check out that if you're interested. However, you do not need to get bulk discounts for that. You can literally just get one. If you're interested in that and getting a custom engraving, send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co, and we can go through the process with you. We can create that custom order link as well as that mock-up, and we can send that to you so you can get that purchased. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day, and goodbye.